And now, the time fight fans all across the globe have been waiting for. It's the MTMV main card with your man, The Voice. As always, let's start off with some headlines and hot takes. Old man Coker, the mad scientist MMA president, is up to his Grand Prix tricks again, tweeting out, think smaller. With names like James Gallagher, Juan Archuleta, the former champ, Dudu Dantes, Dominic Mazzota, and the surging Mike Kimball, you might think Bantamweight, right? I don't know. Caldwell still has to fight Horiguchi, which means you might lose the biggest name available as well as the belt for the foreseeable future if the Wolf were to lose to the Japanese sensation again. I wouldn't be surprised if they did the flyweight division just to spice things up, you know, put the ladies in, you got a couple names there, but the most logical choice is men's featherweight as it is one of the more stacked divisions for Bellator. You got people like Henry Corrales, Derek Campos, Pat Curran, former champion, Chizo Machida, Leandro Higo, Noah Lahat, John Macapa, the surging AJ McKee, the superstar to be Aaron Pico, Emmanuel Sanchez, Daniel Weichel, and former champ Daniel Strauss, not to mention the current champion, Bellator record breaker, Patricio Pitbull. Featherweight is the clear contender as arguably it's the deepest division in Bellator. Speaking of the featherweight champ, Patricio Pitbull, he got his wish. He has been wanting and pining and desiring for a fight for nearly three years, dating back to Dynamite 2, where Iron Mike Chandler flattened the younger Pitbull brother, Patricky, and Patricio issued a challenge in the middle of the champ celebration in his hometown of St. Louis, Missouri. To which Chandler said, I'll kill you with the Arn Anderson thumb across his neck. The winner of this match will have more than bragging rights for this grudge bout, but also will likely hold the record for the most wins in Bellator history. It'll be at the Rosemont in Chicago. And like many people believe that Bellator missed the boat with the MVP and Daily Fight not being in the UK, I think they're missing the boat with this one. It should be in St. Louis. It's where everything started. You're up the highway, what, about five hours from St. Louis. It should be here. This is where it started. The Pitbull brothers have history here, not just with that situation, but also with jumping Will Brooks at the host hotel for another event. And I'm biased. I'm just biased. I want to see the fight live. And if it was here, I have no issues getting down to the Enterprise Center to watch it. Uh, Will I travel to Chicago? For this, I've been up there before for Bellator fights, so time will tell. By now, you know that Bobby Knuckles 
had two emergency surgeries, one for a collapsed bowel and another for an internal hernia. He was in surgery for three plus hours and he still wanted to fight while he was sitting in the ER right before they took him back and said, no, 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 you can't fight. You have to have surgery right now. He was still trying to fight. In a YouTube interview with Grange TV, Whitaker and team gave details of the ordeal. He was vomiting violently and in so much pain that he asked for medical attention. So the UFC doctors came in. They ordered him to go to the hospital where they found out about his condition. This kind of hernia is often linked to dehydration. And he was cutting weight and trying to rehydrate when everything went awry. The hernia wrapped around itself and caused the bowel to collapse. He's had this issue before, too, while he was in training camp and possibly even longer uh, than that. When it flared up, he went to the doctors to have them look into it, but the hernia slid back in place so they couldn't see it on the scans. He even got a throat infection. Poor man. Got a throat infection from the tubes that they inserted while they were doing this surgery. Oh, he just seems to keep having a poor run of health. Fortunately, he's come out of things fairly successful. He's not at home in Sydney. No, he is still in Melbourne and he meets with a surgeon next week. After that, if everything is good, he'll be headed back home. When asked about fighting, Rob said, my whole thing is I want to heal, train, and then fight. My health comes first. I need to make sure I'm healthy, and then I'll fight anyone, anywhere. He also said he's not going to be bullied into a fight. He's like, hey, uh, UFC can do what they want to do. I'm not going to be bullied into a fight. My health comes first. Now, prognosis says that it'll be one or two months before he can train it was also said that had he taken a body shot in that fight it could have been fatal thank god he didn't fight and i'm praying for a swift recovery not so he can fight not so he can train but so that he can be healthy and well for his family up next fight fans let's have some sweet science conversation in the old one too What's going on, everybody? It's your boy, Damo, from the MTMV Sports Podcast Network, here to tell you about the most dangerous wrestling podcast around, The Outsider's Edge, hosted by myself, my homie Jay Kells, and my homie Sam Blackwell, bringing you the latest and greatest in the world of pro wrestling. So no matter what device you're using, what platform you're on, we've got something for you. You can listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Podcast Republic, the Anchor app, or Spotify. Whatever device you're using, whatever platform of your choice, look us up at MTMV Sports, My Team, My Voice, Sports Podcast Network, and look up the Outsider's Edge. And if you don't, we hitting you with a bionic elbow out this mug. Yeah. Yo, this is Maddie Ray, and you're listening to MTMV Sports.
Time to go between the ropes and step into the squared circle for the old one two. Fight fans, get ready for the British invasion as a battle of undefeated fighters takes place on June 1st at the mecca of them all, Madison Square Garden. 22-0, Anthony Joshua. We'll take on 23-0, Jarrell Big Baby Miller for Joshua's title. It's official. It is going down. The second place has been rumored for a while. As a matter of fact, Joshua's been rumored to fight a number of people. First, it was Dylan White. Then it was Big Baby. They were talking about... um, both Wilder and Fury none of that came to fruition with the exception of this fight and it will be AJ's first fight stateside and a nice way for him to dip his toes into the water over here for years there's been talk about that Joshua and Wilder fight or the Joshua and Fury fight but nothing's come to fruition And with the WBC extending the time for the Wilder Fury rematch negotiations, the earliest Joshua will face either one of those champions will be at the end of 2019. At the DAZN launch press conference, Big Baby inserted himself into the conversation, calling Joshua out. Well, ask and ye shall receive. As the Brooklyn native and Dimitri Salida promoted fighter gets the desired matchup, in his backyard another fight on the east coast got announced the unification bout for the women's middleweight titles will take place on april 13th from boardwalk hall in atlantic city new jersey christina hammer the wbo champ will look to take out the title holder of the WBC, WBA, and IBF championships in Clarissa Shields. That will be on Showtime as a show box fight. Shields is also represented by Dimitri Salida, who's doing some really creative things when it comes to showcasing his fighters, which is a perfect segue into this weekend's boxing cards. Friday night, the Midwest has boxing on lock with fights in both the Sunflower State and the Land of Lakes. From the Kansas Star in Mulvane, Kansas on Showtime, you've got Jesse Angel Hernandez versus Thomas Patrick Ward. That's a 10-round junior featherweight bout. The undercard for this Showbox card, though, will be on Fight Pass. That's right, the UFC's Fight Pass. With Kansas' own 2016 Olympic bronze medalist, Nico Hernandez, headlining that portion of the card versus Victor Trejo Garcia. With it being on a different platform, it's a great way to provide media attention for all of Salinas' fighters. It really puts me in the mind of what Glory did when they left Spike. They started off with cards on Fight Pass that then concluded, or they had a a separate bout on ESPN, but it was all the same day and the same time they called the fights on 
Fight Pass, the Super Fight series, Glory Super Fight, and then the rest of it was just a regular Glory series. So, hey, salute to Dimitri Salida for finding ways to get exposure and money to his fighters. From Hinkley, Minnesota on ESPN and ESPN Plus, on Friday as well, you got Rob Brandt, who's the number four middleweight in the world taking on Kassan a last name I'm not even going to try Eastern European in a 12 round middleweight bout on Saturday night on Fox Big Fox not Fox Sports 1 but Fox you have the number one featherweight in the world Leo Santa Cruz taking on Miguel Flores and Santa Cruz will have his WBA title on the line in this fight. Also on this card, you have number eight ranked strawweight and IBF title holder, Carlos Lisona, who's going to be fighting for that title, attempting to defend it versus DJ Creel. Time to step out of the squared circle, fight fans. And on the other side, we'll preview Bellator 215. What's up, guys? John here, coming at you, representing Tinseltown, La La Land itself. That's right. It's LA Confidential, bringing you the newest Laker podcast, up-to-date game breakdown, up-to-date game analysis, what is scenarios, outlooks for the season, whatever it is. If it's Lakers, I'm bringing it on the MTMV Sports Podcast Network, trying to start your week off right every Monday with LA Confidential. Thank you. Come hang out. Yo, yo, this your boy DJ B4EY. And this is Mrs. DJ B4EY. And you're now listening to MTMV Sports. Keep, Keep it, it locked. locked. Bellator 215 takes place at the Mohegan Sun in Uncasville, Connecticut on the Paramount Network and also broadcast on the zone. The curtain jerker pits undefeated 6-0 Austin AK-47 Vanderford versus 6-2 Cody Jones from Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. This is a catch weight bout of 174 pounds. Both of these combatants fight at Woodley weight, which means that the fight was probably booked on short notice if they're fighting four pounds over that. Mr. Paige Van Zandt. That's right. Austin Vanderford is Paige Van Zandt's husband, and he will be making his Bellator debut coming in off of a submission win this summer on the Dana White Tuesday Night Contender Series. I thought he was a shoe-in for the UFC because people love Paige and knowing that you get her on TV without having to pay her to fight seemed like a no-brainer. Well, the UFC's lost Bellator's game. So far, Vanderford has been well-rounded in his six victories with two KOs, two submissions, and two decisions. Most of Cody's fights have been in the Carolinas, and most of those wins have been by submission, just like his last one, which was in Italy, 
came out about a year ago. So he's making his debut on the largest stage of his career and coming in off of a one-year layoff, all that could factor into Cody's performance. The Voices marquee matchup for Bellator 215 is a battle of New England between undefeated 2-0 from Waterbury, Connecticut, Mike the Savage Kimball, and Rhode Island's own 3-1 Jonathan Duma in a bantamweight matchup. This is the Savage's first main card fight. His previous fights, both of them KO, were on Bellator's prelims. After the six-second KO in his last, I don't know, that broke the internet, oh, Bellator bumped him up and put him on the televised portion. In Duma's last fight, he got knocked out. But that was the first blemish of his pro record. The other three stoppages, or I should say the other three fights, were all stoppages. So look for this to be an all-action affair, and that's why it's the Voices Marquee matchup. Former bantamweight champ Eduardo Dudu Dantes brings his 26-0 record to the cage versus 10-5 Toby Too Quick Misich. Dantes is in desperate need of a win. The last win he had was a title defense versus Leandro Higo nearly two years ago. He lost his title in 2017 to Caldwell then got knocked out by Mayday in what turned out to be Michael McDonald's retirement fight in just under a minute. Too Quick has been in the game since 2008. He trains out of BJ Penn's Academy in Hawaii and is a Dana White Tuesday Night Contender Series alum. He's been trading losses and wins for about the past three years, and if that trend continues, Dantes will be back in the win column. The co-main event for Bellator 215 pits the undefeated 9-0 Logan Storm Storley versus 18-9 Ian Bombadiru Pascu. This fight takes place at Woodley Weight. That's right. You listening to the main card, I'm calling it Woodley Weight because that's what Tyron said. I like it. It stuck with me, so it's Woodley Wade from here on out. Storley is a storied wrestler who trained with Brock Lesnar. I saw him fight here in St. Louis when Bellator was here last year, and it was kind of boring. It was a wrestle-heavy affair, and admittedly, Storley said that he was too tentative in that fight. In his last fight, he showed it because he got the man down and added his sixth KO stoppage with some nice ground and pound. Now, Storley is rolling with the Hard Knocks 365 gym in South Florida. He trains besides the likes of Luke Rockhold, Kamaru Usman, and Bellator's lightweight champ, Michael Chandler. Pascu lost both of his Bellator fights, one versus Ed Ruth, the other versus Lorenz Larkin. Either the third time is a charm for him or three strikes and he's out. Now, his last win 
was in Bama. So Eon might get sent to Bellator Europe for some more experience if he's unsuccessful in this outing. If he pulls out the upset, though, then he puts the first blemish on Logan's record. The main event for this card is a heavyweight headliner. 13 and 6, Matt the Meathead Mitrion versus 28 and 6, Sergey Karitanov. Sergey's last misstep was in his first Bellator fight where he got KO'd by Javi Ayala. That was over two years ago. Since then, he's reeled off five in a row, and four of them have been by knockout. Meathead is on the opposite end of the spectrum. About his last five fights, he won four and then lost the last one. He KO'd, or since he almost got KO'd at Dynamite, then went on a little later to fight Fedor at Madison Square Garden in that double knockdown affair. But most recently, he got mauled by Ryan Bader, who went on to win the heavyweight Grand Prix and become the heavyweight champion for Bellator. Sergey has his eyes on Bader and on that title. An impressive win could make him a top contender, but the winner of the co-main event in Bellator 216 on Saturday probably has a better shot. And I'll go into that Bellator 216 card right after this break. Mike check one two one two. It's your man Jay Kills representing my team, my voice, and I'm the host of the number one sports show on the planet, Star Talk, where we talk everything about your team, America's team, the Dallas Cowboys, every Saturday night right here on Anchor, my team, my voice. What's good? It's your boy Stephen Malcolm, and you are listening to MTMV Sports. Let's get it. Bellator 216 also takes place at the Mohegan Sun in Uncasville, Connecticut, a venue so nice they decided to use it twice. This card will exclusively be shown on the zone. Debuting Taekwondo Phenom Valerie Laredo takes on 1 and 2 Kobe Fletcher at Flyweight to start off the card. Bellator's added yet another beauty to the Flyweight division with Laredo. Fletcher's record looks like she was hand-picked to make Valerie look good in her debut fight. Not only has she lost her last two fights, but all of Kobe's fights have been in 2015. Nothing since then. No action whatsoever as far as MMA is concerned. 20-9 Eric the Tiger Silva takes on undefeated Yaroslav the Dynamo. Amosov. Silva is two and three over his last five fights and makes his long awaited Bellator Woodley Weight debut. He'll take on the undefeated Dynamo, who got a decision over tough vet Gerald Harris in his Bellator debut and has stopped three of his last five opponents. 
over his 20 fight career he has nine submissions and eight knockouts but silver will be amasov's greatest test to date will yaroslav stay undefeated or will eric make a splash in his promotional debut 37 11 and 2 miracle Krokop Filipovich takes on 23 and 16 Roy Big Country Nelson in a heavyweight bout that is a rematch of a 2011 fight where Big Country stopped Krokop about a minute and 30 seconds into round three. This is supposed to take place as the headliner of Bellator 200, but Krokop had a bum wheel and couldn't make it to the dance. The Mohegan Sun Commission said that all the pre-fight drug tests have come back clean, according to a report that was obtained by MMA Junkie. But Crow Cop, yeah, he is looking super swole. Like, like super swole. And he retired from the UFC after a USADA suspension only to pop up in Ryzen where they don't do any drug tests a couple months later. So I don't know, you know, maybe he's got uh, some different things going on. And uh, Roy Nelson said with doctors like Crow Cops that he can fight for another decade or so, he being Roy Nelson. Uh, this is going to be a very interesting tangle between these two veterans. The co-main event. And the Voices Marquee matchup is the fight that I alluded to in the Bellator 215 preview at the end. It pits 29-10-2, Check the Darkness Congo versus 21-0. That's right, undefeated. Former Bellator heavyweight champion Vitaly Minikov. This is also a rematch. And the last time Congo and Minikoff tangled was back in 2014 in Bellator for the heavyweight championship. That was also the last fight that Minikoff had in Bellator. Since then, Vitaly has been in Russia fighting over there. There was contract disputes and things of that nature, but he was over in Russia making a reported $300,000 per fight to go against people like Bigfoot Silva and DJ Linderman. But now Vitaly's back in the big leagues. Will he walk through Congo again and stake his claim as the number one contender for the Bellator heavyweight title? Or will the darkness fall on Vitaly? And Congo pick up another crack at the strap. We'll find out Saturday night. In the main event of the evening, we have a grudge match. The biggest fight in UK MMA history. And possibly the greatest fight that Bellator could make at this time. Undefeated 13-0 Michael Venom Page versus 40-16-2 
Paul, Simtex Daily. This is a round one welterweight Grand Prix fight. According to both men, this bad blood all started when Daly got a flying knee knockout about six months after Paige caved Cyborg's head in with a flying knee of his own. Then Paul mentioned Paige in the in-cage post-fight. MVP was like, oh, okay. You want to say something about me? You want to call me out? We can do this. No problem. But then Syntex admittedly kept putting things off. Daly was like, well, we need the fight to build. We need the fight to build. But he never said it publicly. He just didn't say anything. Whereas MVP was putting out all kinds of stuff, saying all kinds of things, trying to get Daly to fight. And Daly just would not sign the paperwork. So what happens? Daly calls Paige out again in a in cage post-fight press conference when he lost to Rory McDonald and said that he did it as a means of building the fight. Went after Paige uh, after he got out the cage and said the page was saying something he said well it really was, it was to build the fight it was build hype for the fight okay but then you turn the fight down like a couple times after that i don't get it i know the mvp has been working to keep his emotions in check though especially with this being the first fight that he's had without his father the man who introduced him to martial arts and passed just last year paul seems to be fairly even killed and maybe that was his master plan from the jump all i know is that i've been waiting the mma world has been waiting to see if mvp is the real deal and simtex is the litmus test next up ufc phoenix Baseball fans rejoice. It's my team, my voice. For the most baseball coverage on MTMV Sports, tune into the Out of the Pin podcast every other Friday night. Join me, Eric Boston, and the rest of the Out of the Pin baseball team as we bring you interviews, discussions, and the latest happenings from around the baseball world. It's the Out of the Pin podcast. Check out our website at outofthepinbaseball.com where you always get baseball from a fan's perspective. Yo, what's up? This is Avila, and you're listening to MTMV Sports. Yeah. The UFC on ESPN 1 will be held at the Talking Stick Resort Arena in Phoenix. So let's call it what everyone else is going to call it UFC Phoenix. And the Phoenix fight card kicks off with a rivalry that dates back to the WEC days. 18-6, touchy-feely of Team Alpha Male versus 14-3, Miles Fury Jury fighting out of Alliance MMA. This is a featherweight bout. At 2-2 two two in his last four fights, Feely is looking to get back in the win column. Jury, 
who was on the fast track to lightweight stardom, yeah, he's also looking to bounce back. Unfortunately, Jury's last loss was to an OG of Team Alpha Male, Chad Mendez. Miles does have a win over another Team Alpha Male product, though, in Rick Glenn, but that also means that this team has been game-planning for Fury for the third time now. Miles is also 2-2 in his last four, so there is a lot on the line for both in this fight. At 14-6-1, Brian Bam Bam Barbarina will take on 14-5 Vincente the Silent Assassin Luke at Woodleyweight. Luke's been on a tear, quietly winning eight of his last nine fights, including the last three in a row. That one loss was to Leon Edwards, who's been working his way to the short list of contenders at welterweight. Luke is also a Hard Knocks 365 fighter. Talked about this camp in the Bellator preview with Logan Storley, who is also preparing for a fight this weekend. So since both fighters were in camp together, Luke should be ready to go. Bam Bam also lost to Leon Edwards recently, and he's been trading wins and losses over his last four fights. Luke's been known to stop fights standing and on the ground while most of Bam Bam's wins have come by him living up to his moniker and going bam, bam, upside the head of his opponents. 14 and 11, Bruce Leroy Alex Caceres takes on the 4 and 0 Ice Cream Chrome Gracie at 145 pounds and there's so much going on with this fight had to make the voices marquee matchup I did not know that if everything holds up this will be the 5,000th fight of the UFC's history but that's not why this is the voices marquee matchup it's also not the voice marking matchup because of the UFC destined episode that was done by ESPN Plus. No, it's not because they did it. It's because of why they would devote the time and energy to this fight. The first UFC destined was done for a champ versus champ matchup, headlining the UFC's first card on ESPN. Why would they do the second installment about a matchup, which is the third bout on the main card? It's because of Crone Gracie. He is one of the best BJJ practitioners in MMA and has had a phenomenal rise, or I should say phenomenal run in the Rising Fighting Federation. His last name is Gracie. The Gracies built the UFC. This organization was founded on the discipline that Crone's grandfather established 
decades ago, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. His uncle, Hoist Gracie, came in wrecking shop, choking out everybody, looking like just a normal, skinny guy, but beating everyone with Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. And Crone is one of the best to do it. On the MMA Reporters this week, it was said that Bruce Leroy has been talking titles lately. He's focused on not just competing and testing his skills, as he has done in the past, but focused on winning, moving up the ranks, and getting the belt. Both of these men are consummate martial artists, which also makes this fight so interesting and, and so exciting to watch. I mean, they bought this life for real. Ice cream crone trains two hours in the morning, then comes back that evening and trains for another five hours every day just to keep his mind right. Bruce Leroy, yeah, he doesn't wear shoes in the garden where he plants his food to eat to ensure that his body is at tip-top condition. He doesn't do that to so that he doesn't defile the land that produces his nourishment. Goes barefoot so he doesn't do that. Like I said, they're about this life. They're about this martial artist's life. How will Crone fare in the organization that his family made famous? Crone hasn't fought in over two years. Caceres always brings it. Has the cardio to go three hard rounds. The striking to give anyone fits. And he's no slouch on the ground. I can't wait to see this fight. And you need to make sure that you are watching ESPN on Friday. I'm sorry, Sunday night to see this fight. I know it's a lot of other stuff going on on Saturday. I'm sorry, Sunday. I know some other big sporting events going on. But you need to make sure that you see this fight. At 7-1, Cynthia Calvillo will be taking on 8-6 Courtney Castiron, Casey Sanchez at strawweight. After her first loss and a USADA suspension, Calvillo got back in the win column with a submission of Poliana Bortello in November. Expect the crowd to be firmly behind Casey. Now, Casey trains and lives in Hawaii but she was born in Mesa, Arizona. She's also looking to get a win streak started after beating former Invicta champ Angela Hill in her last outing. The longer the fight goes, the better Courtney's chances are. Look for Cynthia to try to get this to the ground where she has finished all but one of her opponents in the UFC. The co-main event pits 13-2 13-2 James the Texecutioner Vic versus 15-4 Paul the Irish Dragon Felder and this is a lightweight bout. It's a bit of a grudge match too as these two were scheduled to fight last year. Vic thought a little more highly of himself 
than he should have and went up against Justin the highlight gagey only to be turned into a highlight because he looked like a human used car lot windsock man in just under a minute with the devastating right hand that Gagey put on him. Now humbled, Vic is seeking redemption versus Felder, who's been winning over fans with his commentary while only fighting once in 2018, and that was up a weight class and at short notice, losing to Mike Perry. 10 of the Irish Dragons' wins have been by KO where Vic, he more evenly distributes his method of victory between decisions, KOs, and submissions. This should be a great, great fight, though, leading up to the main event of the evening, pitting 12-3 Francis the Predator Ngannou versus the former UFC heavyweight champion, 14-2, Cain Velasquez. What? Cain Velasquez, what? Cain Velasquez. Salute to Tommy Toho. Of course, it's a heavyweight bout. If it goes a distance, that favors Cain, as all 12 of Francis's wins have come by stoppage. Stipe gave the blueprint for how to beat the Predator. Use takedowns, clinch, and don't get hit. Now, the first part of that equation, Kane has down Pat because he holds the record for the most takedowns in UFC heavyweight history. Will Kane get caught, though, like Blades, who's an excellent wrestler as well, did in his last fight against Nganu? Nganu went back to France and has been training there for this fight. He also quietly fulfilled a goal of his to open a MMA gym in his native Cameroon. Not only is this gym open, but it is a true labor of love and it is a part of Francis's foundation. So this is all being done by charitable work. The students that come in, as long as they're in school and can show that they're in school, are of a certain age they go for free this will also be a distribution center for medicine for those who live in the remote village now Kane Velasquez is no stranger to getting KO'd early in a fight that's how he lost one of his two fights that he has lost that was his fate versus Junior Dos Santos, his very first loss was a early first round KO. That fight kicked off the UFC on Fox. This card kicks off the UFC on ESPN proper. Past couple years, Kane has been training, resting, being a father, and just being a better man and and learning more of himself question is will we see the cardio machine that is C-level Kane fueled by the Arizona faithful cheering on the sun devil to victory or will he be prey 
to Francis Ngannou a man who has been looked at as the scariest fighter in the game we'll find out Sunday night up next the official results Y'all already know who it is. It's your boy Loso, man. And y'all listen to the number one sports podcast out, MTMV Sports. Y'all see it. Fight fans, this has been the 78th episode of the MTMV main card. And if the Lord says the same, I'll be back at it again next week. Outside of all the fights that were covered on the main card, LFA and Invicta have cards on Friday. One and Cage Warriors have cards on Saturday morning. CFFC has a card on Saturday night. And Fight Pass has Roy Jones boxing on Saturday night too. On this Valentine's Day weekend, the fight promoters are showing us a whole lot of love. You can show some love too. Do me a favor. Tell a friend about MTMV Sports. Make sure you subscribe and review us on your favorite audio platform. We're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Spreaker, and TuneIn Radio. I want to hear from you. I want to put you on the MTMV main card. I want your voice to be heard. And there's two ways to do that. You can leave a message via anchor.fm or call the MTMV Sports sideline and leave your hot take doing so will enter you for tickets to the Bellator fight where Rory McDonald puts his welterweight title on the line versus John Fitch to close out round one of the welterweight Grand Prix that fight is at the SAP Center in San Jose, California. Again, you can leave a message either through uh, Anchor.fm, which you can hear us first there, or you can give us a call on the sideline. That number is 470-228-MTMV. That's 470-228-MTMV, or 6868. Sports fans rejoice my team my voice and until next time it's your man the voice host of the mtmv main card and i'm sounding off